0: Let's jump straight to the core of this transformation process, and it's all about the connection between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is defined by Miriam Webster as the condition of being conscious. It's the quality of being aware, especially of something within oneself, the upper level of mental life, which the person is aware of as being contrasted with the unconscious process. So this is the part of the brain that says, I want a drink, I can't function without a drink, or I don't want a drink. And the strange part of this whole process is that the conscious mind often contradicts itself. So you might sometimes notice that sometimes you say, I am not having a drink, I don't want it. And then within the next few minutes, you're guzzling back a glass of wine. And the question is why? Why do we do this? This is because the conscious mind represents literally just the tip of the iceberg and underneath the waterline, underneath this iceberg is the full body of our beliefs, our feelings, assumptions and conclusions. So Miriam Webster defines the subconscious mind as that part of the mind that a person is not aware of but that is a powerful force in controlling our behavior. So in a second we're going to talk about how to engage this subconscious mind but key here is that your conscious mind is not necessarily aware of your thoughts and your feelings and all of this information that is contained in your subconscious mind. And you might have heard of psychiatrist Carl Jung talk about people burying their most abhorrent or intense or guilty feelings deep down in the subconscious mind. I also refer to Dr. John Sarnos' research of the subconscious mind and it led him to coin the term the mind-body syndrome. And at its most basic level, it's an explanation of how suppressed subconscious beliefs and feelings can manifest itself as body pain, migraines, physical pain that he talks about only being able to be raised by addressing these subconscious issues and retraining the subconscious brain. The point of all of this is that our minds and bodies are just far more connected than traditional medicine acknowledges. But the beauty of all of this is that it opens the door for us to be able to explore our subconscious beliefs and reframe it because it plays a large part in our fight in seeking to control alcohol. So imagine that you and I are sitting at the very tip of the iceberg. This represents our conscious mind and below the water level represents our subconscious mind. So there are essentially four layers here. So try and imagine that these four layers are our experience and our observations, assumptions, conclusions and our beliefs. So each layer is informing the above until ultimately we form our beliefs. Now what is really interesting is that all of this data is not necessarily true. This information can be flawed um, and you think about all the stories we gather, our experiences, what we're influenced by at different ages and stages of our life, it can actually build to form flawed beliefs. So what is really really important here is that for example if we go back to that um, that example that I referred to earlier so we say we don't want to drink but then we grab the drink and guzzle it the gap between the wanting and what we do which is our belief is what is known as cognitive dissonance and that gap represents the gap between a flawed belief and the reality the real belief So what we can do as part of this whole relearning transformation process is to go back, shine a light on all of the bits and pieces that have formed this belief, test it, uh, challenge it, and reframe it into a new belief that is truer and based on fact. So this reframing process is also known as neuroplasticity. Um, And liminal thinking. So liminal thinking is basically the art of creating change by understanding, shaping and reframing our beliefs. So it embraces the neuroplasticity of our brain and it can set us onto a really good journey in being able to examine all of our subconscious beliefs around alcohol and reframing them. And the goal is to resolve this gap, this cognitive dissonance. So what I would love for you to do as part of this course is to think of alcohol as being on trial. So it's something that we're going to shine a light on, examine all of our beliefs that relate to alcohol so that we can narrow this gap between what we want to do and what we actually can do without struggle, without willpower. Key to this is suspending our judgment, being open-minded as much as we can so that we can be flexible in change, be open to question everything. Um, Then we can ultimately just be in a place where we can reach a new consciousness that is based on fact, based on truth.